Hello. Hello. Mosh mosh. Moshy moshy. Wait, we we that sounds like an intro we've already done before. That's actually, like, that's quite. That's actually. Did you know that that's how you say hello in Japanese? I'm fully aware that's how you say hello in <laughs> Japanese. My goodness, how have you been? It's been a minute, Spirit. It has been a minute. Uh, binding. I, I've, I've been. I have been. I have. I have come and I have gone, and none of it's great. Um, <laughs> I got some new cables though. That's cool. I got a, a lira ring. That's cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. That all sounds wonderfully appropriate. I've got a uh, some new family based trauma. That's cool too. That's not Love fun. It. No. Ten out of ten. Don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten. Don't do it again. That's my only way of rating. That's my way of rating scales. Is either ten out of ten would do again, or ten out of ten don't do it again. <laughs> um. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um. Things on my end have been rather upsy-daisy, topsy-turvy, if you will, because mm. if most people didn't know, um, the entire southern part of the U.S. had froze over. Yeah, it did get a little bit chilly up in here. I mean, yes, it, it, it did. Pipes bursted, people died, terrible times. Mm-hmm. Anywho, welcome back. Yeah. Round by the scene. With your hosts, Tentacle Bound, that'd be me, and then Spirit. That's me, Spirit Binder. So we're trying to get back into the swing of things. As far as I recall correctly, it's been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. And again. A cold minute, too. Well, mainly a cold minute. We've um, had several varieties of minute. There was lukewarm, there was cold, mm-hmm. and there was a hot minute. Mm-hmm. So learn your, te- learn your de- uh, degrees of time. Mm-hmm. Right here on the show. <laughs> so, uh, what has been going on in local kink and beyond kink politics? Actually, no, there's not even that. Um, you know the you know the the state of the world. Or Are the we state doing callouts already? No, not yet. Okay, that's in a moment. This is just supposed to be a very very bleak insight on U.S. gatherings. You know, the states is doing well when. Shootings are back at it again. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. It's like we're back to normal. Uh, the number of people dying has not changed. No, and it's still increasing. Still increasing. But on a better uh, a better note, um, there is um, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. More and more people are getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Although I did recently find out people are forging their vaccination cards. What? 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 True victors. In our in our uh, midst, the 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 true gotcha mm-hmm. people. You gotta love it. No, you gotta hate it. Um, other than that, there's not really been too too much going on crazily in the kink community, other than people still being stupid. Right. Now I think uh, let's see. Last Sunday there was an event where over 152 people went. Mm. So that was. Eye opening, to say the least. What are the odds of them all being vaccinated? Very low. Why? Because uh, these were the same people that have been going out consistently during the pandemic, regardless uh, of okay. playing. And they just now, since the. It's part of their brand. Yeah, it, it's very on brand for these people. I'd imagine maybe 10, 15 people had their vaccination shot, their uh-huh. first one. 
That doesn't mean anything. Once your second vaccination hits, you wait two weeks and then you're fully inoculated. Okay. Granted, it's still depending on which one you get, the Pfizer or the Moderna. Uh, now the Johnson & Johnson one is the, the other one. But the Pfizer one, because that's the one that I got, is 90% effective. Mm. At, um, kind of like not making you like a, a spreader. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that they're still at 10%. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see exactly how many people got sick. Comment your COVID vaccination, and we will give you data like you would get with a Hogwarts house or a blood type. <laughs> well, you would get a single head pet for your, for your contribution. You can give them two. We have extra. Nope. I have a crate. You have a crate of I have a crate pet. of extra head pets. All right. I want to use them before they go bad. Okay. Do, do, those, do those expire? They do. Uh, have you ever had a, like a, a soggy old head pet? Ew. I've never had one of those. I guess mine have been fresh. Yeah, you've had good you've had good people that give you fresh head pads. <laughs> you don't want canned head pads? No. <laughs> Deviled head pads? Deviled head pads? Ew, no. <laughs> I store mine in straw. Oh. Only in straw? Only in straw so they don't get crushed. Okay. <laughs> so the so the head pad hands don't break. <laughs> oh. Well, this is this is devolved into a weird portion of the conversation. Anywho. So the topic of today. Yeah. Oh, wait. Before we get into that. No, yeah. Before we do that, I have to go use the bathroom. Okay. So we're, we're going to put a cut here. Back in the saddle again. All right. Well, are, are you ready to start the podcast yet? Yes. Okay. Uh, I guess we are ready to start the podcast and discuss. That seems to be our MO. So today's topic is going to be mental health and kink. Yeah. So, how would you like to start this wonderfully, probably very heavy discussion topic? Because you're you're more of the the brains of this podcast. The, the brains. Um, I kind of want to start with um with practicality. Okay. Um, I always want you to be able to use this knowledge because otherwise it's really just um like need archival data but not very useful um but managing your mental health as you interact with kink can be complicated to say the least because um not only do you need to know how mental health works um some people use kink as a way to help manage their mental health so you have to kind of know both with and without how you function. Okay. Um, me personally, I have a lot of these symptoms of depression. We've been trying to find the source of it for a long time, but part of it is neurochemical. And that works in a very specific kind of way. It's affected my whole life to where I need to be able to budget my energy. Um, with like knowing how much I'm capable of in a day and knowing how much I can do with this and knowing when I'm going to run out of energy and what takes it. Um, and that's a skill that has pervaded my entire life, but it wasn't hard for me to do because like I was already really good at scheduling and I started seeing time and energy as like money correlates. So it was easy for me to manage, but I'm sure there have been plenty of people out there that have like, they've planned, um, like all week to do a scene with somebody um and they worked really hard because they know that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel 
but with the addition of any kind of mental illness taxing you or requiring extra um, uptime, you might just be dead by the time you get to that session. That makes that's sense. a thing that's happened to me, and it's happened to a couple of people that I know. So there is merit in knowing how to manage these things. There is. Um, I, as someone that also deals with their own wonderful array of mental bullshit, um, I think the biggest thing for me as far as managing a lot of that was more uh, laissez-faire. Mm-hmm. I guess would be the easiest way is like if I can if I can not think about it for about five seconds it won't exist for those five seconds mm. and so it's type of escapism so it's kind of like a an anxiety vector yeah pretty much okay. like if I start hyper focusing on it then it starts encompassing every aspect of my thought and I go cross-eyed and I start trying to tear out what little hair I have right um, and kink for me turned into this well first it turned into this way of like getting rid of some of my social anxiety because I genuinely just don't like crowds. I don't like being around too many people and mm-hmm. that forcing myself into a place where now I, well, at one point I was the local, the local rigor that would do the things with hundreds of people mm-hmm. at any given point in time. Uh, that helped, but that didn't take away the fact that I was still violently making myself very, very exhausted mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see where, a lot of that like compartmentalizing and figuring out exactly how to manage it mm-hmm. would come into play because if i knew most of that i wouldn't uh, i probably would have saved a lot more headache and a lot more like angst towards the end of it yeah and the thing i want to focus on here is i want to give people quick and workable ideas but not instructions or like the hard ways to do this um in managing your mental health because on one hand like the obvious thing is like go get medicated or go get therapy but uh not everybody has the means to do those things some people might not even have the time to do those things Mm -hmm. um you may be in a position where you have to choose on saturday whether or not you're going to go fill out um chcs paperwork or you're going to go do your scene you've been waiting for three weeks to do and even more so now when everyone's been currently under lock and key during during quarantine quarantine hours the backstreet boy uh concert that has never stopped right right um that's a tough one because even with my even with my current employer finding time away from work on the weekends Mm -hmm. is almost next to none because my work has inundated me with spreadsheets and this and that yeah count like time so finding a counselor or spending time with my partner is gonna be substantially like weighed into that regard yeah and anything um like state sponsored or charity wise anything like that you have to work on their time yeah they said we're helping you but beggars can't be choosers show up at 6 a.m or get fucked pretty much and that's which is better than nothing but it might as well be nothing for the people that can't reach that yeah because i I personally cannot wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. But uh, the thing I want to emphasize is figuring out your mental health is a puzzle worth doing. Like, because everyone's mental health is slightly different, finding your strain may not be as easy as just, like, cracking open the DSM-5 and picking the thing that you think sounds the most like you. 
Um, but at the same time, um, I have to say that I am against self-diagnosing, but I see why people do it when they don't have another choice. Because if you're saying these are the things that are wrong with me and looking for methods to try and solve that, that I'm totally down with. But sometimes people are like, I've decided that uh, I have BPD. And that can be a problem if you don't have BPD. Because then you're treating things that are not even, in, that are not accurately supposed to be treating the thing that you have versus the thing that you think you have. Mm -hmm. That sounds like an interesting bag of worms. And it also kind of like draws tension between the people that have confirmed BPD. Finger quotes confirmed. Um, because like even getting an accurate diagnosis is not a, a nailed down thing. Because uh, in, in psych, we always measure by, um, uh, what's it called, uh, functionality. Um, can you get up and go to work? Can you maintain a relationship? Can you function? Um, and effectively, it's not really a mental illness if you can function is the argument from that side of the, uh, from the academic side of the aisle, from the medical side of the aisle. That's interesting. So if there is any any monicum of functionality that's not hindering your day-to-day, -day, technically it's not a disability. Yeah, functionality is kind of a, um, like a quality to be achieved. Like, uh, that's a thing that you want an A on. And you should probably get some sort of treatment if you're not at an A plus in that category. But if if you have a giant talking bunny that comes up and talks to you, all the fucking time but you can, you still have happy relationships you still go to work uh you're still happy in your life and you're not harming anybody and it doesn't look like you have plans to harm anybody you would not be classified as having a mental illness okay that's, that's definitely an interesting takeaway from that mm -hmm. so now that we've kind of we've, we've we've broken down this um piece of like trying to now we're going to try managing this and then go forward from there. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say is the most well, one of the one of the easiest ways to start on this process of, my, of managing your mental health, as well as your kink life? Because that, like you said earlier, is one of the forms of escapism that kind of grounds people. Sometimes mm -hmm. I know some some forms of PTSD uh, get can get worked through through kink relationships mm -hmm. through kink scenes. Um, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it work. What are you? What are your thoughts on something like that? I think there are some strengths behind using a little bit of the medical model here, where you have to know what your problems are, and I don't even think you have to have the right names for them. Um, just for you working through them, but you have to know what are your problems that you're you're working through, and what are your goals that you're not able to achieve because of certain. Oh, excuse me problems so for instance I have no problem with somebody working through PTSD uh, with kink as long as they know that's what they're doing um, or the fact that these things might be interacting um, what I don't want is for people to go if I do enough kink all of my mental problems and trauma will get worked away because those things do not disappear without work um, it's kind of like working out, but for your brain instead. You're literally building um, mental structures instead of like biological ones in your body. Okay. 
that that does make sense and there's going to be a lot of mental thing that you that you're going to have to take into consideration for yourself i am not i am definitely not an expert on this entire thing again because like i said earlier my whole concept is being rather laissez-faire about everything and Mm -hmm. just trying to get as far away from the problem as i possibly can until i can find the means to deal with it and micromanaging my time is probably the thing that takes up most of my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to someone that has a good functionality base but is having a difficult time trying to manage that time that they're running into, like for their kink? Like, do I do they do one thing or the other? If that makes any sense, uh, you might have to rephrase that. So we there is there's a slight mental barrier that has to get worked through as mm-hmm. far as like managing their time their kink and their mental health mm-hmm. what would you say is a good another good way of figuring that part out well step one has to be um uh the capacity to live um because like you can't really manage your mental health if your your basics are not taken care of right right um a big thing that I've seen said in the mental health community, and I agree with it, is that, you know, homelessness is also a mental health problem. Um, low wages are also a mental health problem. These all create stresses that put extra force on the same mental health issues you'd get past. There are some people that would be perfectly fine with their uh, with their Lexapro, but they can't fucking afford the prescription. Um, and that lack of access to money in this case, is a mental health issue. Like, it it leads to the problem. Um, After that, I would say focusing on your... the mechanics of how your mental health affects you is the most important. And this doesn't mean you have to know everything about it. You just have to go, okay, if I have depression, this is what it means for me. This is how somebody who doesn't have depression functions. This is how somebody who does have depression functions. These are the differences. These are the changes in my behavior that it's going to cause. Um, and then you find out what those are, and that kind of gives you the parameters you can work with and which ones can be worked on and which ones can't. So, for example, um, I may have to make sure that I am on my depression meds before I go to any meets, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I can't have my energy bottom out on me in the middle of something like that if I take a downturn or um, if I'm going to have a uh, a trough start to happen I don't need it to be as deep um, and I have to know how much energy that I have to function with and um, this sort of thing I think sounds intimidating but it's only really intimidating if you try and take it in all at once and you try to do it as like a person that is divorced from yourself because all of these are coming from your own experiences these are things that you're doing these are things that you're already having to live with um it's more on you just to put all the right things in the right basket and then look at them in the light uh on, so something like similar to the spoon metaphor uh the spoon metaphor is a mental health metaphor okay so uh, that, that is where it was born that's what I uh, that's what I figured. Uh, that using that concept as a way like once the spoon once you're em- once you're out of spoons, mm-hmm. you've got no more energy. You mm-hmm. got no more time. You have no more mental bandwidth. Um, I personally like using that one. That one 
helped me with my mm-hmm. social anxiety and all that. I don't have the spoons for certain social gatherings and I can't go. Yeah. I just can't. Or I don't have the spoons enough to deal with this conversation. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Um, is there anything else that we should discuss as far as like the, the beginning parts of this? Because I know we're going to delve further into like what don't you want to happen with mixing your uh, mental health into kink or how it can be, turn into this probably a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, it can get very bad very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, like forming, forming into abusive relationships, into predatory partnerships, and all that. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing to focus on is getting into the mentality to work through the stuff and being able to do it um, with as little effort as you can do and still be effective at it. Um, because I think the challenge of having to parse all this stuff out, like I said earlier, it can be intimidating, but I think if you like parse things out in your everyday life and you like mental health, mental differentials, um, change what is normative behavior. And some of those things you might be fine with. You might be fine with somebody being the kind of person that when somebody asks you how your day is, you actually tell them. Um, That is a normal differentiation that doesn't really cause that much harm. But something like, you know, I can't get up and go work today. Um, I think we should live in a society where that's a thing that is okay to do. But if you're not in that position it's going to cause harm to your life and you have to know how to navigate that so understanding the differentials between what is quote-unquote normal and what you're experiencing can help you sort of find out what you need to focus on in tune and make decisions on whether this is even a problem or whether it's a thing that needs to be solved um like I said, the way we measure functionality is can you do what you need to do to survive? Can you maintain a healthy social group? And can you pursue close, intimate relationships if you want to? Those are good guys. Oh, and are you going to cause harm to others? That one should be obvious. I mean, it should be, but sometimes things aren't necessarily obvious. So now... And I do mean harm and not hurt. Hurting, we like to do all. Yeah, the we time. like hurting. We don't, we like, don't harming. like harming. Yeah, I think that one should be should be stressed just enough mm-hmm. on that purpose and that front. Um. So, what other things do we see as far as like the bridging between like bridging between mental health and kink? Like, there's I know there's a couple of things, and I'm, and some of them involve like the types of play that we do, like dominance and submission, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, masochism and sadism. If you look in, I can't remember if the DSM four or DSM five that they've removed sadistic personality disorder. In that, I think it was the fifth one they removed it. I think it was five. It was either four revised or five. Yeah, and but masochistic personality disorder actually is still in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly enough, I did not know that. I thought they would have removed those those two the same. But it it may have um it may just be more specific. Um, because normally something like masochistic personality disorder, I would think would be a kind of just, um, a different kind of personality disorder. 
That's like, fair. I'm surprised it didn't get folded into Borderline. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, again, this is not going to be my strong suit and my talking points on this one. So, mm-hmm. as someone that only de- with, with deals with their mental health in a probably a really bad way. Um, well, how have you seen it interact with other people that you know? Um, a lot of a lot of people tend to just take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are, well, they'll either take a step back or they'll go and try to seek out more and more. Uh, communal time mm-hmm. with with the people that are relatively similar or in their sphere of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people full on regress uh, when they were not in a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were if there were littles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other ones is that they they do they they fold farther into acts of service mm-hmm. uh, for people that are not even their partner. Right. Um, so the people have been dealing with it really interesting. They'll either do one or two things. They'll either full send mm-hmm. or they will retract back from the community mm-hmm. um, for a monicum amount of time. Like sometimes it could be only, you know, this week they just weren't feeling too well or they were gone for about a month or two, sometimes even six. Mm-hmm. And they just needed to step back away from the community to reevaluate if the community was the thing causing the issue or it was their own mental health mm-hmm. or it was something in the community that was exasperating their mental health to cause them to go away. Yeah. And then that's an approach that I like. Um, most things that I try to do are effects driven. So you look at everything that's on the right side of the equal sign and that's when you start evaluating if something needs to change or not. Um, and I think it's a good stance to be having with the kink community. Unless something obvious drives your decision, like somebody gets hurt or something. Yeah, I know. I know. I took a step away from it for a good long while because there, it was either it wasn't doing anything for my mental health, and obviously I was becoming more toxic in in, in my own right, being being more brash, being more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, being more. Usually, it's fine to have no filter, but that lack of filter tends to like drive people away sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when it's a sensitive topic. Yeah. Uh, so reevaluating myself in all of that matter is what I ended up having to do, mm-hmm. um, which led me to bounce around from countries. So that that's also another extreme. Yeah. Um, I but- do want to make a differentiation between mental health and mental illness. Because you do not have to have a mental illness to be having bad mental health, right? You can be in a situation that is causing you a lot of stress. You could be under direct duress. You could be major, have major overwork. You could be adjusting to a new community. And your mental health will still suffer a little bit in those situations the same way your body might. Um, But you do not have to have a mental illness to have to worry about your mental health. And I do want to emphasize this. So this this episode is not just for people with mental illnesses. It is mental health in general. And I do want to focus on that. Um, And that same kind of practicality is why I don't want to focus way too much on all the academia and standard medical answers because a lot of those things aren't available or are not practical or they're things you've heard a million times. And you, you mentioned it earlier, or you just you just don't have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the times with with seeing people walk in and walk out of the community, 
um, some of them do do think and and wholeheartedly believe that kink will fix what whatever is causing the strain or the strife in their life because it's um, when you have access to that one thing that you just now figured out was that calling in your life that you figure that oh by the way that one thing that I've never known the name of it now I know the name of it it's gonna fix all my problems mm-hmm. um, it may. It may not. I, I've seen it. Um, I'm sure we've all had friends that, like, when they figure out what the problem is, that think that's the same thing as solving it. Yeah. I, I believe... I believe, And it's an important step. Don't get me wrong, but... We still need to finish the equation. Yeah, the, the problem needs to be... Or should be fixed. Should be. But that takes a bit more, I guess, introspection at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing that is usually a bit... A bit concerning to me is is the the full regression mm. uh, as far as like, are you talking about like age regression? I or? I don't even know if it's age regression because age regression while that does happen I have not seen it enough to quantify that happening in mm-hmm. spaces. I do mean like they they start becoming a little bit more hyper involved as far as like having trying to get more and more scenes packed up into a day mm. as opposed to just like letting your letting your body heal and all that. So they completely regress into like. A frenzy. Mm, okay. Uh, so, so they're kind of overindulging. Yes. Okay. That's the one I've seen more so than like just full on age regressing too quickly. So yeah, I, we see that with any um, any mechanism that can give pleasure or any sort of relief from stress. Uh, overindulgence is a thing that we can see, and a lot of people like to conflate it with addiction, but I think that's a little bit reductive. Um. I think, like, stress management is the big thing that's going on there. Because generally, um, when I've seen people do what you're talking about, that uptick also happens at the same time that external stress is also upticking. So it's just a a, a graph that just continues to go mm-hmm. up. The other time that, I'll, that I see it is when somebody has just discovered this thing, and they're kind of seeing how far they're allowed to go with it. Um, I think we see a lot of this when people start drinking. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Because um, I've known plenty of people that have like gone hard their first four or five months of drinking, but they didn't end up developing any sort of like drinking disorder or anything like that. Because um, like as as humans, like new sources of pleasure are not a thing that our brains are accustomed to. And when it happens, it's a nice jolt to the brain. A wonderful dopamine dump is a, a very important thing. Mm-hmm. And intoxicating. Huh. Well, because generally we'll come in contact with the things that make us happy a lot when we are children and of the younger age. And the brand's like, all right, cool. Things that make us happy. Cataloged. Got that one. Done. And then we start to discover things we like later. But often those are more specific forms of things we already like. So, like, when you when you have a new cuisine you really, really like, your brain goes, well, we already liked food. This is food, but better. So while this is a new kind of happy that we're getting, we can also link it to the old one. But completely new things, like um, uh, anything chemical-based or specifically new kinds of experience, uh, the brain is like, we don't know what to do with this, but we know we really like it. Hence the dopamine dump. Mm. Um, that 
you see that you see that a lot with like risk taking behaviors like skydiving and all that mm-hmm. um or bungee jumping or or you get into forms of like modification where you get the tattoo the inked artists the people with bifurcations the people with scarifications and they end up going to do hook suspension and all that mm-hmm. all triggers that that slope of going from that first hit to the last i think you can see that a lot in in drug habits where they call it chasing the dragon mm-hmm. you're trying to chase that first high again and again and again mm-hmm. um but uh, like i said earlier i don't want to conflate this too much with addiction because i i think that um makes the the point a little bit weaker that's fair because we have such a negative view of uh addiction addiction right now yeah um well that makes sense um so let's see here let's remove the addiction equation i guess a lot of that has to do with yeah no adrenaline adrenaline stuff and all that Mm -hmm. mountain biking really steep cliffs it's mostly um big new novel experiences like traveling the world for the first time or Mm -hmm. going to a new country for the first time Mm -hmm. and then wanting to go back yeah that sounds more apt i like that one that's that's, so far those are the only things that i've seen that have like been consistent it's someone leaves or someone just again full sends it Mm -hmm. and they it can happen out there at the beginning middle or when they finally gotten situated in the community because mm-hmm. some because again a new experience is harder to find when especially when you have a whole bunch of things that are relatively the same like you have ds you also have ms which is ds but with a shiny new color mm-hmm. um and more rules I'm, I'm i'm just being very basic as far as terminology on this is concerned um i think something that um a good way to approach interaction with mental health is a lot of people have lived with their mental health issues since for a long time and a lot of people aren't even able to get diagnosed properly um be that between like getting access or just like um most of the women that i've known that have any sort of mental issue have had to spend five to six years getting the proper diagnosis because their people won't fucking listen to them. Um, which is another reason I don't want to be overly reliant on the academia medical side if I don't have to, because I know the structural forces that push back there, but knowing what you want your ideal life to be, um, and doing that with any sense of like realism and planning can kind of give you a vector towards what is good and what is bad and will let you gauge if any of those things are happening because of your mental health. I can see that. So for me, I didn't get medicated until I went back to college because I went, I cannot afford to have depression sapping my energy at the wrong time. Um, so after about a year of trying to find the right meds, I got on the right meds and figured out that a lot of my shit was coming from anxiety too. And I was able to get into a place where I was able to focus and do really good schoolwork and you can see a change in my grades. Um, and this may not be the path for everyone. In fact, a lot of people have a lot of trauma related to meds uh, and getting on the wrong meds and them doing things to them. 
I had the benefit of going through a pharmacy tech cert and having a lot of family in the medical field, and I know how drugs work. Um, so I, I do want to state that now. Magic pills are not a thing that cures you. They only give you plus two if they're the right ones. Which may be all you need, and it may not be. I can see that. I can definitely see how that would benefit. But uh, the, the point I was getting at is that I had an ideal... Like, I had a goal, and I said, what interferes with this goal? And then I looked at some things about myself and went, which of these can I change? And some of those things that I could change happen to be mental illness problems. I can I can definitely see where that comes from. Um, I think that's probably where I stopped, because I got on some bad medication, mm-hmm. and it did not help yeah also my insomnia is rooted into certain i, I can't even rem- can't even begin to remember where the hell my insomnia comes from mm-hmm. um and being on insomnia medications on top of other medications was not a pleasant experience uh-huh and then not being able to sleep on insomnia medications made things exacerbate exacerbated the entire mess so mm-hmm. i've gone completely off med yeah um the most I I'm not on meds now either because of access issues. Like I, I feel you on that one. That's fair. I have a, uh, um, I've got my last supply of, uh, as needed anxiety medication, but that is all I have and I'm making it work, but I am also struggling. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but I, since I know the rules of the game, I can kind of like b- play on level one critical because I know the game well enough. But I am very privileged to have all the opportunities that let me do that. That is not a thing that like anyone can decide that they're doing just by being really determined. Like I I don't even think that would work feasibly for a lot of people, but it sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And conflating that back to like utilizing kink for your mental health that some people do find it helpful and i don't want to ever like ruin that that concept for no absolutely not um i know it's helped me as far as like my social anxiety issues but i do now know if i when i'm i'm tapping out Mm -hmm. for for a while or for a week or two Mm -hmm. not that we're doing anything right now because of covid the global panini strikes again right but you knew what your problems were moving into that space yeah and it was just trying to push forward and learning what my limits were and that's what kink is isn't it learning what your limits are Mm -hmm. i think uh we this is the intersection of two um social institutions right you've got kink and you've got mental issues or mental health issues and if you know how both of those work and you know how they're going to interact with each other, then I think you can safely maneuver between the two of them and even start using uh, mechanisms in both of them to assist with each other. But if you just view either of them as a monolith, you know, mental... When I say mental health issues, there's a million things people think of, and it seems daunting and intimidating. At the same time, you can be like, kink. Okay, let's attach an added to it. Good kink good okay all kink is good well now we're in a a place where some harm can come to you yeah because you've decided all kink is good 
when in fact some of it is bad and you should feel bad you should feel very bad <laughs> uh looking at you james fix your posture hydrate <laughs> as you just yell that into the microphone i'm I, I i gotta fix my own posture as you are you are you putting that into into standard mode <laughs> yeah your tear into standard mode mm-hmm. doing all all-wheel drive on your tear listen when you're not straight you always have to have something to lean on which is why we set like we're croissants that's fair <laughs> croissant croissant <laughs> um i think one thing that we should probably touch on as far as like the the intertwining between mental health issues and kink uh is um probably just watching out because there are some people that are very very good at finding out what how to grasp on the people that are a little bit that are a little bit more of a need Mm -hmm. uh for 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 not being fucked with i guess Mm -hmm. they really seem to have a keen eye on that yeah which is well what they're looking for is any level of um Weakness is not the right term because I don't think having mental health issues makes you a weak person, but they do see vulnerabilities, um, whether or not you have mental health issues going on and every kind of vulnerability has a pattern and there's a set of patterns in, um, weakening mental health and those can definitely be exploited. Yeah. So just try to watch out on that front because that one's that one's a bit tougher i've i've personally seen it happen and it's abhorrent mm-hmm. it gets to a point where you're just like let me go find my big beaten stick and just away from them mm-hmm. but then at the same time it's it, that removes agency from the individual mm-hmm. and that's also one of those little juggling tricks that you have to go i've how do you do? How do you fix that? Mm-hmm. How, how do you assist without coming off as someone that's attempting to like push their own mental thought process on this entire situation? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, I guess, we needed to really, really kind of like hone in on as far as like when is it okay for someone else to step in for somebody else? As far as like, that's a really tough one. I don't know how that wouldn't be. Um... It's a double-edged sword. Super context-dependent on how you would do that. A lot um, of it would be, yeah. Uh, stuff like this is why I say you need to find good groups of peers that will help take care of you. Um, because you might have a friend or two that's like, I don't like that guy, fuck that guy. And that guy be fine, but they don't like them. But when you have a group of eight people you see regularly, and five of them are like, I don't know about Todd, he seems really predatory um i don't think the rule of numbers is the number one like thing to go for but it should raise enough flags for you to investigate further if that makes any sense no that actually does make sense as opposed to having a you have you have more people to soundboard off of Mm -hmm. as opposed to just a like two to three people because multiple voices can also benefit you in the situation yeah because remember your friend group is your social immune system they're your white blood cells but just like 
your immune system um sometimes it attacks things that don't need to be attacked so like be mindful yeah look at things in alternating perspectives i guess and i know i've been saying like think about this be mindful about this um i realize that as somebody with mental health problems that may be an issue it may be hard to regiment the energy to work through stuff like this when you have to spend all of your time going to one kink event every week and then focusing on a 60-hour work week and then taking care of your roommates um, and then, like, maybe getting to spend four hours on your project where you're going to find time to sit down and zen out and think about how, you know, how best you like to be stuffed. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I realize that there's a time and energy commitment that I'm previously been acting as like oh yeah you just, just go down to the dmv just swipe your card and they'll give it to you like i'm not gonna pretend like it's that easy because it's not no. um and i wish i had answers other than just do it uh this is something that i like to use my social groups for is because at the same time that i'm decompressing i will also be like what do you think of this and let them start talking to me and like if something sounds wrong coming out of their mouth i'll know it but at the same time i'm an ambivert uh, uh, ninety-five percent of people are ambiverts, according to the science. Um, but I have equal levels of like I need people and I don't need people, and that's a skill that I can use, right? Right. Um, but you will find your own methods doing this stuff, or I hope you do. There will be a method to your madness. Well, I don't want to present it like you know if you don't. When you put in your 20th hour of hoping really hard, you go into your closet and there it is. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think that was an, uh, that was a, that's an RPG thing. We don't, we don't stand that where you can craft something for 20 hours in, a, in game time and it'd be, be functional and working. I mean, there's some merit to it. Um, the, the biggest factor behind mastery is time. Uh, the second is feedback. Third is technique. I think all of those need to be in in <laughs> a good amount in order for yeah, that yeah. To, and for that to be a, a very functional way of things. Um, I'm I'm not entirely sure as far as like because everybody will have their own different way of dealing with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you put it in a really good point. It's like you you're you're expecting a kink event every weekend. Sometimes that's never a thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe if it's once a month and you've burned through your entire work month for this one day mm-hmm. and you're looking forward to it and it's kind of like, fuck it, I'm going to go have fun. Mm-hmm. And then there's, a, then there's the whole... Then that leads to a lot of interesting things. He's like, this is, I only can do this one kinky thing mm-hmm. this once a month. Yeah. And it becomes this like goal to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not inherently bad. It's just that that's where a lot of the mental things re- uh, lie in. Is it? it? It turns into this like, no matter what happens, I'm doing it, mm-hmm. or no matter what happens, I'm going. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. So, I have a lot of convention friends that think like that. Like, they are completely different people at conventions, and I know that if they could manage things a little bit better, they could be like half of the person that they are at conventions all the time. And by that, I mean happy. No. <laughs> and, like, 
vibrant, full of energy. That's fair. That says a lot about the kink and the, the convention community. Nothing well, bad, it's, but just it's very it's very telling how how we prioritize certain things over others. But I see the same thing with uh, people I used to work with. Um, like even when they were off work during the week, they were different people than they were during the weekend. Yeah. Um, because everything was centered around that goal. And I understand that having short-term goals is very important, but I also think there comes a point where I looked at my life and went, like, I am sick of only being happy two days out of the week. What needs to change? Sometimes it takes that to change. Now, doing it is not as easy as realizing it. I will say that. I think once the realization hits, it would become easier. But that takes... I know it would for people like you and I, who's like, like we have anxiety brains that are constantly working on problems and we don't sleep too much. Um, so just knowing about something means that it's already in the process of being solved, but not everyone's like that. That's fair. That is very fair. I have to, I have to wonder what led me to... to this moment and it was like oh that's that's right i over analyzed everything mm. <sighs> so much stress so much strain so much strife mm. cloud strife specifically <laughs> well and there's also ways of reappropriating that because if you're like oh i always overanalyze everything maybe you need to be doing something that calls for analysis maybe you just like analysis and doing it makes you feel better yeah, yeah. so try that out there are a lot of people that have successful YouTube careers because they realized just that, whether they realized it or not, or whether they consciously realized it or not. They were like, I am really good at picking things apart and breaking them into pieces. Like, analysis is inherently destructive. You are cutting things into their constituent parts and going, how do they work? What do? How do? Break. Find out how do. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I think... I, th I think that pretty much covers that aspect of... Is there anything else that you can think of that you'd like to discuss on this part? Based on what I've said so far, if somebody would come up to you and ask, what do I do about mental health and kink, what would you tell them? Well, where are you at with your... Do you currently have... That? This, this is probably going to be very invasive questions. Like, mm -hmm. if, if I know the person, if I know the person inherently... I'm probably more prone to ask more invasive questions. Mm -hmm. Have you take? Are you are you familiar with your medications? Are you familiar with anything? Do you have a counselor? Mm -hmm. Have you spoken to anybody about this? What do you feel is going on? Is there any way that I this can be? Is there any? Where are you at with your mm -hmm. own being? Are you are you just now feeling this? Have you been feeling this for a while? Mm -hmm. Or are you at your breaking point? Right. Yeah. Those are the things I would ask, and but again, this is to somebody that I've I've known for a while mm -hmm. because they would probably be comfortable talking to me about this specific thing. If it's someone that I had passings with, it'd be like, okay, what exactly is going on, and what exactly would you like me to help you with? Because mm -hmm. right? that's all I can gather, and it's whether or not they're some that person's willing to divulge any information like that to me. Mm -hmm. That's what that's reliant on for yeah. me to for me to figure it out, or me, for me to even recommend something because not everybody is comfortable divulging detailed specifics about what is going on in their head, 
or what is going on around them mm. or what they feel is going around around the what they are feeling is going around around them yeah and i think my my answer to the same question would be number one obviously if you have access therapy and meds go do it if you can't do therapy or meds and you have access work through whatever is stopping you from getting therapy or meds or come to terms with what not having access to those things means for you i'm fine with either of those um, if I go, therapy would fix this, and you go, here are five reasons I can't go to therapy, and I know what this means for me, I'm like, okay, fair. Okay. Um, but I think real step one, barring somebody's capacity to do those things, are like, one, name your demons. What are your problems? What are they stopping you from doing? Uh, two, how do we work around those, or through those? And three... How do we incorporate things that you like to help assist with two? And kink can be one of those things. That's far more eloquent than I could have ever put it. Well, I'm forty thousand dollars in debt because of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Ouch! That number hurts me. Ah, mm. uh, no, those are good ways to. To figure it out, or to even get get anything across, because knowing your demons is probably half the battle, mm. or even a quarter of it. As long as you get through it, as long as you get to that point where you understand it, that might help. I think anything worth doing is worth doing while looking good. So we need to do our best to be as good as we can be. Because if you can't make it fashion, is it worth doing? This is why one of these days I'm going to make a clothing company. It's called Self-Deprecation Clothing. Hate yourself, not your clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, yeah. That's good. I've been sitting on this idea for a while. Well, stand up. (laughs) God, get it out there. Uh, First comes first. Podcast needs to get somewhere first. It's not an egg. (laughs) It won't hatch on its own. Shush. I need to start sourcing clothing, too. You are a mammal. <laughs> you are a toy. Platypuses are also mammals, but they lay eggs. <laughs> and is that okay? <laughs> I never said it was okay. <laughs> I'm just stating a fact. <laughs> uh, anyway. They say facts have a vector. That's true. All right. Um, anything else? No, I think you've pretty much hammered all of this home very, very well. And it's helped me re- reframe my 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 thought process on what it should be discussed as, as opposed to it being vilified or anything of the sort. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is rooted into self hate at this moment, because mm-hmm. I don't like how I am, yeah. and how I think, so it's turned into internalized hate. And reframing that that mindset for others is important mm-hmm. because it would it, it will help other people eventually. Yeah. Um, I like to think as mental of mental health as like car maintenance, where you will always be putting some measure of effort into keeping this thing running as good as possible. That's a really good analogy. I like that analogy. Other than that, um, don't forget to leave your testimonials. We'd love to read them on the show. We currently don't have anything because um, y'all don't write to us. How dare you? 
even though we have been away for a while. <laughs> so, other than that, don't forget to follow us on all of the platforms, the YouTubes, the Pony Hubs, even though Pornhub needs, wants me to re-verify us again. Again? Yeah, they... Aren't we on Spotify now? We're on Spotify. Okay. We're on Apple. We're on Google Podcasts. Okay. We're on all the major ones, so those are the more important ones, mm-hmm. arguably. But, like, our numbers have increased. I like, like... I look forward to the comments we get from Pornhub. I am looking. For, I, I've, we've gotten a couple comments on Pornhub, mm-hmm. but they're in like Polish or they're in Russian. Huh. Good and for them. I can't translate that without it like Google Translate. Google Translate having an aneurysm. Mm. So I'd rather just like say thank you, and that's probably about it. Okay. Um, other than that, that's it for today's episode. Auf Wiedersehen, au revoir, jeune. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.